Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You cannot Hanging out with Ben Malice today on the Backchat Basketball Show. It's been a while, Ben. You've been doing things. I've been very unorganized and been getting guests last minute. Last week, Paul Smith, owner of the Sydney Kings. Week before that, uh, Ryan Brokoff, currently not signed by a team, and the team would be, you know, it'd be a mess to not have him signed mm. on in the NBL this season. Uh, ben, good to have you back, man. I feel honoured you've had millionaires and famous athletes and now it's just a humble kid from Perth now living in Melbourne on the podcast, so I'm back. Yeah, let's, right. uh, it's the playoff time, so let's get into it. So humble, exactly. It is playoff time. The NBA is happening. Not much NBL news to go over today because, well, there's not much NBL news to go over today. A few player signings have been happening um, over the last couple of weeks. Nothing, I'd say, too noteworthy. Um Players are being spoken to. Uh, the Worth Wildcats still don't know what's going on over there. Um, the West are signing... back. I saw Corey got signed this morning. That's right. So they're bringing it back. Sands after and Luke Travers, I think. That's right. So that that is. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Corey Webster was was really good for the Perth Wildcats last year. A lot of people when he first signed were like, "Oh God, what are they doing?" Obviously, that was probably more out of the Perth fan base, considering that Webster bailed on them um, however, however many seasons ago after committing to sign with them. So I think there was some people who thought are, uh, you know, not big fans of Corey Webster, but I think he's played did a lot of the talking and, you know, the Wildcats didn't win a lot of games last year, but when they, I mean, maybe one of their best wins ever um, was because of Corey Webster hitting a big mm. shot with that, um, uh, the missed free throw, Corey Webster got it on the on the line um, behind the three point line and hit a big shot. So I reckon he's won a lot of people over this year. Obviously, he's done the right thing um, in terms of the front office because they're bringing him back again. So um, yeah, the Wildcats team is shaping up, and uh, from all accounts, spending a lot of money to to get said players over. Uh, but they are, they are. when you haven't made the playoffs for two straight seasons after going thirty four <laughs> or thirty five in a row, I think the front office goes, mate, we just need to throw everything out this, and we need to do what we need to do to get the team back on track. I'm just laughing. You've got all this Fremantle Dockers merch behind you and the, just the thought of a two-year <laughs> playoff drought as we're talking about the Wildcats in oh, just with true. what you're seeing behind you. So it's good to be at the Wildcats, isn't it? And you're right. They're splashing cash like lots of teams are around the league. We were speaking this morning on our pre-production mm. call how expensive these players and these rosters are getting yeah. around the NBL. But the Wildcats have their offense back together. Let's see if they can get stops because last year they couldn't stop a pick and roll with me and you. Obviously, if they get that changed around and, yeah, it'll be NBL season before we know it and we can uh, see whether the Perth fans are going to get their playoff team back. That's right. One big name um, that, you know, big in, in terms of Perth 
fandom and you know his uh, allegiance to the club for so long. Jesse Wagstaff not signed at the moment. Um, I know there's talks happening with him potentially being brought back to the club, but I'm also um, from my understanding, Sydney Kings are interested in Jesse. Tassie are interested in Jesse. So there are teams that are willing to take um, to take him away from the Wildcats. You think with guys like that, you know, they're on the back end of their career and they've been Perth forever. Um, they win multiple championships, so he's the, he's the captain. You think those guys probably just aren't touchable. They're not going to go anywhere. But he would be um, – I, I think he'd have to consider – some good offers that would come through because I know um, particularly Sydney, like we, this is a guy that can win, that knows how to win. I'm sure he's like, he's not going to start every game, but he's got the leadership. He's got the veteran um, sort of presence about him that can help them win games. And I think any team would, would, would benefit from Jesse being on that team. Like I said, maybe not always on the court, but you got a guy who's just, like from from all accounts, from um, people who have played with him, and I'm sure Greg would attest to this. Just a really good person as well. I feel like we'll have to get uh, we have to get Paul Smith back on the pod. You know him. We know Greg High. He's best friends with Jesse. I think we need to get them all on the call next week. Let's have a five person podcast and have a powwow and see if we can. Uh, That's right. Get Jesse to sign his contract live on the show. <laughs> Work out some ca- contract talks live. We'll, we'll take a commission of three percent off the top. We'll both uh, live large in Bali for a month or so. <laughs> depends depends which player we're talking about. If we can live large of three percent. Um, we do, we have been trying to get Jesse on the show, uh, but schedules haven't lined up. And I've said to Greg, look, I just want you to bring Jesse on and I think he'll get the most out of him. So we'll hopefully have that in the next couple of weeks and maybe he'll reveal where he's signing. Um, who knows? Maybe he'll, maybe he'll be staying at the Wildcats. Maybe he'll sign... Uh, with the West Coast Eagles, they have no players at the moment. So, oh, this tall. We need big, big players yeah. to play down back. We were talking this morning as well that I'm uh, suffering this afternoon because oh, I mate. bought tickets to the MCG on Saturday to see uh, Eagles play Richmond with a bunch of waffle players. It's going to be 12 degrees, cold and wet. So, if we wants to get in the plane and get a game, I think he might be in a chance on Saturday, and he can come freeze what the rest of us here at the MCG. Well, Will Schofield has officially, uh, what's the word? Delisted himself from the Waffles, so he's played the two so he's games. Probably he's reti- coming to retirement, then he's retired after two games. He's re-retired. Yeah, that's right. So I don't. Did he think- take one look around at the uh, talent around him and say, "No, I can't do this I anymore. I don't want to get bumped by twenty goals." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but look, who knows what the West Coast Eagles are going to do? Um, uh, yeah. A lot of questions being asked about what's happening over there. Um, let's get into some NBA stuff straight up. So Joel Embiid is the MVP of the league. Um, I think. There was two, probably two people that were, if either of them won, it was like, yep, that's a good pick. Um, Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. I think you, they're your two. Um, Giannis, also very good. Like, uh, he would have been like probably 1C, I'd say. And then yep. Jokic and Embiid, 1 and 2 there. So, um, yeah, it's just awesome having another international player win the MVP. Stick it to the Americans. That's That's right, five in a row. And in all honesty, like next year, Embiid, Jokic, Luka, hopefully he comes back. Like there's a lot of very good uh, MVP caliber players not from the States. So I I love to see that. First time in LeBron James' career that he didn't get an MVP vote, which is crazy. He's in his 18th season, right? And even in – even in his rookie, that means even in his rookie season, he was getting MVP votes. Even if it was one or two, it doesn't matter. He still got them. That's a that's a crazy effort. 
It is. LeBron's been a freak, hasn't he? And we're recording this just after the Lakers went into Golden State and won game one this morning. And Huge. again, Davis was tangent here, but it's the best game I've seen Anthony Davis play. He was tremendous. But even LeBron, he's still out there aged 38. And I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were saying the only guys to play serious minutes in the postseason aged 38 or older is Kareem in the history right. of the sport. That's no crazy. one else has played big playoff minutes at that age, and we're seeing that now. So, yeah, he didn't get an MVP vote. He's uh, had his fair share of MVPs. And back to Joel, it's it's awesome to see Joel get this award because dating back to the year I lived in Philly, which was 2019 and a while back, he was speaking then about wanting to win the MVP. Yep. And he's been right there with Giannis and Jokic over the past five years, finishing second a couple of times. And I think this year it came down to the fact that he just wanted it more than yep. the other two guys. Giannis rested a lot during the regular season. I still think Giannis is a better player in air quotes if we look yeah, at it yeah, that yeah. way. But Agreed. he didn't play as much as Joel did this year. And Jokic as well, the Denver Nuggets took the last month of the regular season off, which again is starting to bear fruit because they're up to nil against the Suns and looking really good. Yep. But regular season-wise, I'm happy with Joel winning that award. He was the pick this year. And again, let's just hope that he gets fit and healthy and come back in the Celtics series because – you want your MVP guys out there on the court fighting in the postseason. Yeah, definitely. And it sets up these very tantalising um, national conflicts, like you say, where we've got Embiid going against the Celtics team led by the young American players. And the same with Jokic in Denver, right, that he's this mm-hmm. Serbian MVP going up against Denver Booker and Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, the American. So, yeah, the fact that internationals have won five MVPs in a row and next year we're potentially adding the biggest freak to enter the league in 20 years from France to that equation as well. So, again, we could be at the dawn of something here where we're looking up in 10 out of 11 or 10 in a row or a decade-long run from MVPs all around the world. And it just shows that the the game is developing and it's good for us non-Americans that we can see uh, people from all around the world winning these awards. Who would be the next North American? I'm going to say North American, um, just to be correct. Who who do you think would be the North the 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 next to win MVP? Like, I think is Kevin Durant like possibly still? No, he's too old. If you you know, I like, think you have to look at someone that's in that mid twenties range. I'd say Devin Booker and Jason Tatum are the two that. Yep. If probably Devin Booker can win it, but I look at someone like Jason Tatum is up next year to potentially win it if he can elevate his game that 5 to 10%. Because it also must be said, the NBA media voting system that votes on these awards, a high percentage of the voters are living or based in Boston or New York, which is that Upper East Corridor of yep. the US. And remember through the first quarter of the season, Jason Tatum was the MVP favorite. Because oh, and the he Celtics was incredible. Started, and the Celtics yeah. were shooting the ball at the best record in the league. So it wouldn't surprise me if Tatum is the one to break through. And again, we know what Americans are like. There is going to reach a point, I think, where there's a bit of backlash to these international (laughs) players coming in. America's very patriotic, as we know. So I think Jason Tatum ticks a lot of the boxes. He's young, he's athletic, he's a wing. He propagates all this Kobe material in terms of being made from the same material. He also shares a trainer with Joel Embiid and Drew Hamlin. They've got the same trainer who have the same media contacts. So I would actually bet now that we're talking through this, get on Tatum to win next year because I think <laughs> all of the media apparatus that wrap themselves around Embiid this year are going to be moving across to Tatum. So, yeah, that's been his bets for next year, get on Tatum to win the MVP. And I like that. I like Jason Tatum. I think he's – like I love watching him. There's a lot of those, yeah, comparisons and stuff to Kobe. Um He's just a good – he just seems like a good guy, someone I'd like to hang out with, someone that could possibly be my friend. Um, speaking of the, of, of the media um, – Let's be honest, he doesn't want to be a friend. Um, speaking of media, <laughs> I won't burst that bubble. There was, a, there was one person, right, in the 100 people that give votes to the MVP that didn't even give a single vote to Jokic. That's outrageous. Yeah, that's, 
that guy is uh, looking for attention, surely. Do we know which lady or man was the one casting no, said vote? No clue. Um, I just saw it was up on, on Reddit. So, uh, sorry, no, it was on, on Twitter. Um, uh, Worldwide Wob on, on Twitter, who who a prolific <laughs> Twitter user, he literally just spends every single night watching basketball, tweeting about it, had worked out that based on the amount of votes he got had gotten, um, well, someone good- didn't vote for him. The good thing is the NBA is going to release the war awards voters, so we're going to know this in a couple of weeks. And again, we know what Twitter's like. The Twitter pitchforks are going to be out oh boy. justifiably in this case, I think, because if you actually watch the game this year, you have to be living on a different planet or have a very serious agenda to not vote Jokic as the top five players. I'm interested to see who was at the top of this ballot, whether they voted for someone outlandish like a Russell Westbrook or someone yeah. completely left field because, again, it almost seems like a publicity stunt, doesn't it, that you're not going to vote for Jokic in your top five. Yeah, outrageous. Um, let's talk about Dylan Brooks. So, mate, he's done some stuff. Um, he's definitely <laughs> made a name for himself, whether it's good or bad. Um, everyone has been talking about Dylan Brooks in the last few weeks as they went up against the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. He said, you know, it was he was throwing he was smack talking LeBron about being old, and I don't I don't um, care. He needs to drop forty on me for to consider anything. Um, now the the Grizzlies have said he won't be coming back next year. He's out of contract, and it's a very interesting one. So I saw Shams tweet that um, under no circumstance would he be brought back, and I think that's been clarified recently that the Grizzlies didn't particularly say that under no circumstance um, uh, Brooks wouldn't be brought back. That was the language that Shams used. Um, so that was just an interesting um, sort of clean up, I think, because the that's pretty. That'd be a dog move for the Grizzlies to come out and say, under no circumstance do we want him back, because it sort of puts him out in the town square, I guess, and goes, this guy is, has. We want nothing to do with him. Does a team? And I'm really nervous to ask you this. Does a team go out and sign Dylan Brooks? Uh, I think I know which team you have in mind, but I'm going to park that to the side of the discussion okay. for a minute and get my soapbox here, because if I was yep. Memphis, I would want nothing to do with Dylan Brooks. Yep. Again, I'm going to get my soapbox here. I think you have to realize what you're going up against. And you're poking LeBron James, who first best, second best of all time, is undisputed as one of the champions of the game. Yep. And then you're talking all this nonsense about poking bears and trying to get in his head and dropping 40. And then all the Lakers did was drop 40-point victories on the Grizzlies to send them home in game six. And Dylan Brooks is a classic case that happens in the NBA every now and again of someone getting their ambitions and their abilities mixed up. Yeah, because if you want to talk the talk, that's fine. We love it. We love this medium. We love talking. We love the entertainment. But he just become the butt of jokes, and rightfully so. And we saw him leading the Bill Simmons podcast. We saw him leading First Take. So he got what he wanted. He got the attention. But, man, you've got to back that up. And then those games in LA, games three, four, and six, the dude just melted, couldn't make a shot. His team yep. got one off the court. And the fact that that's leaked to Shams the day after the Memphis Grizzlies had their exit interviews, smacks of an agenda coming out of Memphis that they were jack sick of this guy, sorry, months ago, and now's the time where they've got rid of it. So I saw that this morning as well. They've got the cleanup coming in terms of what the media messaging is, and I dare say that Dylan Brooks is no chance he's going to be in Memphis. I think the, oh, the caveats coming out this morning is more whether Memphis can get something in a sign-and-trade back for him from a team like your Dallas Mavericks, I'd assume, because Brooks can play in the postseason. He is a $15 million a year player that can serve as a role in the NBA, but you have to know your role and shut your mouth. I know that's a clip you guys use on the podcast from Trevor and Kelsey. You just have to know your role and know what you're doing. And yeah, come on, going after LeBron James when LeBron is bigger, stronger and better with Anthony Davis, you just have to know what you're doing. So 
yeah, a team will sign Dylan Brooks, although I'd suspect it's going to be someone like our friends in Houston, a, a rudderless franchise that's going to allow him to run rampant. But I don't know, your Mavericks, 30 seconds. Would you want him on your Mavericks? No, not not a chance. I know he said today that he wants 25 mil a year, which is outrageous money for him. <laughs> so do I. Obviously, he's just talking himself up because he, that's what he does. He, he gets out and he, and he talks. He wants a bigger role. He said he's just a th- considered a 3 and D guy in Memphis, but he's more than that. I don't think he's shown that he is more than that, if anything. But like you said, you got to know your role, shut your mouth, and you can be a serviceable 3 and D guy. Um without running your mouth, without causing distractions for the teams. Like teams could do this thing like, you know, we're not worried about outside noise and all, and all that, right? And they have to deal with that. So having to deal with inside noise, all these, like Dylan Brooks walks into the locker room, I'm sure all his teammates aren't going like, oh, you got him. Like you cooked him, like, well done, man. Like, thanks for that. Like you'd be in their heads and be like, shut up, just please stop talking. Yeah. Um so I, I don't know. I really hope he doesn't end off at, at the Dallas Mavericks. I assume that they wouldn't make that sort of a bold move, considering the moves that they've made in the past. But like you said, maybe someone like the Houston Rockets that has that has to spend money because you know they've got all these young guys that that are just rookies and um, you know second year players. They're super young. They're obviously going through and trying to rebuild. They have to spend some money on something, and and maybe. They want to be relevant. Maybe the Houston Rockets go. Maybe uh, I know Dylan runs his mouth a lot, but they uh, the Grizzlies were talked about every week. Yeah. When's the last time he was talking about the Rockets, other than them being, um, you know, crazy young uh, and, and yeah, you know. just a ramble. And the the shame about Dylan Brooks, he is a good NBA player. His defense is all NBA level defense. He is a tremendous player on that side of the ball. He the three and D comment. He's not really a three because I'm just looking up now. We shot 32 percent on three the past couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So, but he takes a lot of shots that uh, reminds me of Marcus Smart in that sense. His confidence and his ability, they don't quite match up and that gets him to this level in the NBA. But we've seen this year in and year out that teams winning championships or competing deep into the postseason don't have minutes for guys like this. So, yep. again, I don't mean to be harsh to Dylan Brooks, but he strikes me as someone that's going to bounce around these teams pushing for the playing mix, which is what the Houston Rockets would be or there's many others around the league. Because you just can't take him seriously as a player if he's seriously going out there and running his mouth like this. And Memphis as well, I think it's time for them as a franchise to grow up and getting rid of Dylan Brooks is probably the way of doing that. That There was all this stuff with Jamarant, which is completely more serious and completely yeah. separate to this, but it's systematic of a culture in Memphis that wasn't under control when the team hasn't had its young players under control yet. So I think this news coming out this morning is probably the franchise leaking this to the media and saying, all right, enough's enough, yeah. it's time to get back control. And it's time for us to grow up because they've got Desmond Bain, they've got Jar Morant, they've got Triple J, yeah, oh, and they've got, got good role players. They've got elite talent on that team. If they can get fit and healthy and focused, this is a team that should be making conference finals runs over the next couple of years. Yeah. And to do that, I think Dylan Brooks is going to be the sacrifice and probably in a great example of addition by subtraction in Memphis because, yeah, the way that series ended in LA on Saturday morning was an embarrassment and there's no time to repeat that next year. Of course, and they do need, like, they've got Stephen Adams, right? So they're still a very young team, like you said, so they've got a lot of time to make runs. They've got Steve, Stephen Adams, who is a, a a great leader, a veteran presence, um, but you do need more than just him. Like, he can't put keep everyone under control. He can't go in to fight for Jamaran on the sidelines when people are hurling abuse at him, and he can't cover for Dylan Brooks when he's doing stupid stuff off the court. Like, you need more guys that are, that are going to be able to steer the ship let Jarby Jar, let him do all the, all the things that he does. Um, Triple J, of course, like he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year probably three or four times in his career. He's that good. So you need guys that are going to then 
um, steer this. And they're they're a really scary team. Like when they're good, like they're they're really scary. So um, I agree. Sub- sub- uh, what did you say? Addition subtract- by subtraction. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't very good at math classes in school. That's right. So um, that that'll be interesting to see how um, that plays out and which team takes the takes the gamble. I can't imagine it's someone who goes, "We're ready to." I, I, I don't know. I don't the interesting know. thing about that, though, you look at what's happening in the off-season or is about to happen. There are that many teams that are thinking, again, not to pick on your Mavericks, but there's the Mavericks, there's the Grizzlies, there's whoever loses the Celtic Sixers series, there's the Clippers, there's these teams that think they're one piece away from making a deep playoff run, and there's only so many players out there. So yep. even though we've said all this, Dylan Brooks is still probably going to get a $100 million contract from someone. It's just the odds are it's either going to be a fit that's not great or an opportunity that's one for him and the team that we're going to see very quick whether it works because desperate teams do desperate things and like we've just said you can talk yourself into Dylan Brooks but again I'd be quite nervous if I was the franchise offering him four years at 100 million dollars to come in and be my piece that takes me over the edge because he hasn't proven the ability to do that and yeah the fact that Memphis is willing to walk away does reveal the fact that they are simply over everything that he brought to the table. Maybe it's a bit dangerous because of the location, but maybe somewhere like Miami goes and brings mm. him in and Pat Riley sits him down and he says, and like I, I imagine a conversation with Pat Riley in a boardroom at the head office of the of the Miami Heat would be quite um, intimidating and maybe he needs that. Maybe he needs, because I don't know what the, the Memphis front office is like and, and how that's run, but someone like, like a... Um, I don't know, a team like that that's got a lot at stake, a lot of... Um, you know, history. Pedigree. Got, yeah, they've got the pedigree, exactly. And they can maybe go, well, we see what he can do. And, like, I'm sure Pat Riley would sort him out. So there Have you, go. you heard of the stories of Pat Riley going into recruiting meetings and just plonking all of his championship rings on the table? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I exactly. could imagine him doing that next to Dylan Brooks and just, oh, lighting up. Because you're right, yep. Dylan Brooks has to go to somewhere. Even someone like Golden State, the fit isn't there from an on-court perspective, so it's not going to happen. But someone that's got yep. that veteran presence that can say, hey, dude, like, we don't do that here. Yeah. You've got a great skill set, but again, you've got to play your role, know your role, and just sit a little bit off the court because we don't need all the drama that you bring. Exactly. Um, the West, uh, speaking of the West with with um, what you were just mentioning, with uh, it's so wide open. Yeah. Um, and I think looking back, like I was sort of got over the fact that the Mavs didn't make the playoffs um, because I was just resolved to it, like, uh, whatever, like I just hate them. But now just seeing the playoffs happen – and the Lakers are now beating Golden State. Um, you know, it's only one game, and the, and Golden State can easily beat you in a in a seven game series. This is why you, this is why you try and make the playoffs, right? Because you just don't know what's going to happen, and you don't know who's going to catch lightning on a bottle at the right time. Now, Luca's on a yacht, probably in I don't know somewhere somewhere fun, right? And he'd be watching these playoffs going, could have beaten them, could have beaten them, like at the right time. Obviously, the Mavs didn't perform perform at their best when it counted. But you look at the Lakers now, like they're a scary team all of a sudden because it's just clicked. And, and Anthony Davis is playing incredibly well. We had 33 and, 30 and 23 or something today. Yeah. Um, I think this is a good example, and I hope the Mavs look at this and go – Maybe we didn't make the right call in. Look, I think obviously they tried to lose the last three games because they they were fined. And Jason Kidd said we're not, you know, we've got different ideas of what we want to do. But I think when when a month is left of the season and they're like, we might make it, we might not. That's when you you have to go in and really go for it because who, yeah, who knows? 
Yeah, uh, there's a lot, a lot to unpack there. We talk about the Mavs a lot, and I joke you on this sometimes. I'm serious. When Luca asks out in 12 or 18 months, the two-month period from the start of Feb through to the end of April is that's my narrative mind, my journalist mind is ticking off here. That's the period because you've got the Kyrie trade, you've got that not working, you've got the injuries happening, and you've got a team punting on the season when they have someone that we all think is a top-five player in the league, and you just oppose that with the Lakers who got into the play and won their game, and now they're 1-0 up against the Warriors team. But the better example is Jimmy Butler and the Heat out east. That yeah, exactly. They lost their first playing game. They stuck in the eighth seed. I personally thought they were going to get swept by Milwaukee. I thought that was a whitewash. Yep. Giannis gets injured, injured, sorry. The opponent looks old. And look up now, Miami is favoured to make the Eastern Conference Finals. And in the NBA, it is so hard to get players of the calibre of Luka Doncic, of Jimmy Butler, of LeBron James. But when you get them, you should be not just making the pass, but thinking you can win a championship. Yeah, and every the fact year. that, yeah, every year. So punting on a season, could you imagine LeBron gets a lot of shit, but I would not imagine LeBron James's team ever sacrificing a playoff spot to increase their draft lottery odds or Kevin Durant or Joel Embiid or any of these players. And again, that's less to do with Luger and more to do with the front office in Dallas. So yeah. the Mavericks have their say, own. Though, I will say the Lakers, like the, at one point when there was probably 20 games left, LeBron did have a – and they weren't making the playoffs. LeBron did get a foot injury that was possibly going to keep him out the entire season. And then they won four or five games and all of a sudden their playoff chances increased significantly and LeBron somehow came back from a season-ending injury to play. So, you know – He did, but the, the, at least the Lakers this year made the trades to put their team in position to succeed. They, again, yeah. they could have easily tried it for Curry Irving. They probably did try and by all accounts they wanted him – but they didn't. So whether it was good luck or good circumstances or good skill, whatever, again, it proves another point that going after one flashy ball handler that's quite temperamental on and off the court is not the way to build a championship team. You need wings that can run. Even watching the Lakers game this morning, Jared Vandervelt was one of the best players on the court because he was counting Steph Curry. So we see in the NBA finals and the playoffs before that, that which players are needed to advance into the postseason and some teams get seduced by the ball handling and the handles and the shooting but it comes back to those cliche those boring things that become sexy in the postseason you need defense you need rebounding and the teams that are left the lakers the heat who i'm thinking of specifically here their offense isn't great but defensive they can clamp teams down and both of those teams have home court advantage now in the second round and are thinking of making the conference finals just so, yeah. Well, again, the lottery is in three weeks, so we need to get you a lotto ticket, get you some pom-poms, whatever, rub Buddha's tummy, whatever works for you. We need to – maybe we need to record this podcast straight after the draft lottery in a couple of weeks because yeah, the right. only hope the Mavericks have of turning this around is getting a seven-foot Frenchman on that team. Short of that, Luca will have his bag to pack to Denver or LA no. on Miami within two years. I did look – so they're currently sitting in the 10th pick, and I don't think – at those um, at that end of the draft lottery, I don't think there's much movement because the, the you have a three percent so chance low. exactly. 3%. So it's so low, and um, someone tweeted recently like the last twenty years of ten of the number ten pick, and honestly, <laughs> like I don't know if half of them are still in the league. So it's such an odd place to pick. It's not. It's, it's not, no man's land. It's not far away enough from the top where you can you can find these gems that are that are like being sort of slept on, and maybe they haven't had the best lead up to the draft. But it's not high enough where that is. It's a given that they're going to be good. You're taking no. a punt. You look at the teams like the Washington Wizards have been picking in that seven to thirteen range for the past eight years, and you go through yeah. and look at the names they've picked up. There are scrubs, juniors, and one or two role players that need to escape. Mm-hmm. So it's no man's land again. You just have to pray to whatever god that you believe in that the Mavericks get lucky because. 
a punter's chances all they've got. When when Zion was on the draft board, so whatever year that was, I can't remember. I did, 2019. Yeah, so the Mavs had some sort of – they were in the draft lottery then and uh, I can't remember what pick they had, but I – during the draft night uh, – sorry, during the lottery night, I lit three candles or four candles and I put a picture of Zion um, in the middle of the candles and um, – to try and sort of generate something for the Mavs. Like uh, I'm not really into witchcraft, but I thought maybe that might work. I even had some garlic there because I just thought maybe that helps <laughs> and that's usually a thing that happens in witchcraft. Um, but that didn't help. So I think I need to change tack a bit and, um, yeah, maybe maybe eat some French food that night or something. Maybe. I'm just looking now that year the Mavericks had the 10th worst record, so the 10th spot again. And, well, that was actually the year that the pick was going to Atlanta for the Luca trade. So Cam Reddish was the player they would have taken. Again, someone that's flamed out of the NBA. So again, whatever omens, I think we need some listener feedback. What are some lucky yeah. omens, some socks, some jocks, some undies, hoodies, whatever works, because we need to keep the freer ones, not your lucky one. No, I've got this um, this Dirk Nowitzki. Oh. I'm just going to rub Dirk's, Dirk's belly there or something. <laughs> <laughs> those right. listening without watching that I go what are those guys <laughs> yeah well if you're not listening and you want to watch uh, we are on YouTube just search Backchat Basketball Show or just search Backchat uh, you'll see the channel there for the Backchat Basketball Show and if you want to see stuff that we do on Instagram Backchat uh, underscore basketball is the handle. I always forget that, and it's so simple, backchat underscore basketball. Um, hello, backchatpodcast.com.au is where you can email us, send us some questions, we'll answer them. Uh, there'll be some more uh, playoff stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll get into the finals, and then good old lottery that we, we can chat through. And um, I don't know, like I said, I'm not really a witchcraft guy, but maybe we could do a seance or something. I don't know, that's how you – I don't know. I don't understand witchcraft, obviously. <laughs> it shows. Well, I'm over here in Melbourne, so again, whatever you need, I'll be more moral support from 3,000 kilometres away. All right. Thanks, man. We'll chat to you next week. Thanks, buddy. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com That episode from Backchat Studios lives on the ACAST Creator Network. If you want to sign up as a patron or access all of our merch, head to backchatpodcast.com.au.